Coming up on this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, I have some fun at the end of one year and the beginning of a new one by making my Tesla predictions for each Tesla vehicle in 2020. Plus, a ton of new features arrive in what might be the final car software update of 2019. A German taxi company goes all in with the Model 3 and more. Happy New Year, my friends. Ryan McCaffrey with you for episode 230 of Ride the Lightning, the weekly Tesla unofficial podcast. It's December 29th, 2019, as this publishes, but it's December 26th in the late afternoon as I record it. Uh, I'm doing the show early uh, this week, as I mentioned I would need to last week. Heading out on my big road trip tomorrow, so for uh, everybody, most everybody listening to this, it will have already happened. Maybe if you're listening to me with the Patreon Early Access it's, it's mid-drive as you're hearing this, but in any case, I'm very much looking forward to it, hoping everything goes well, and then uh, I'm going to be doing the show early again next week. I'm going to have to do it on Thursday one more time next week because my return trip is next Friday as well. So again, I mentioned it last week, if on January 3rd you are traveling between San Francisco and Phoenix, maybe we'll meet up at a supercharger. Also, if you are a Tesla investor... You know, I don't talk much about the, uh, the the stock here. It's not really my thing. But uh, congratulations if you are a Tesla investor because the stock hit an all-time high right before Christmas, touching $420.69. Yes, $420.69. Elon noting the occasion on Twitter by commenting, whoa, dot, 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 the stock is so high, LOL and then posting the 42069 image with the caption stock art which i thought was very clever and it just has kept right on going it closed as so again as i'm recording here late thursday after the market has closed 430 dollars and change on thursday so just fantastic for tesla uh, i i can't say i'm not unhappy to say, to see uh, the shorts get burned because these guys have, have been trying to undermine Tesla and what they're doing and try to smear them at every opportunity. Not all of them. I'm sure there are plenty of legitimate short sellers that aren't out there putting out misinformation and what have you. But for the ones that are uh, really guilty and the, the ones that are losing money, can't say I'm sad to see it happen. Anyway, on to happier things. That's pessimistic stuff I don't really care about. So... Let's talk about some fun things. My New Year's predictions for Tesla in 2020. Then I've got a couple of other proper news stories for you. But this first one of my own making. Now, if you've been with me for any length of time, meaning a year or more, you know that this is a little tradition that I started. I can't remember if I started doing this last year or two years ago. But in any case, I have my sexy predictions, S3XY predictions, meaning a, a prediction for each vehicle Let's, I'm going to have to modify that this year, which I'll get to in a second. But first, let's look back and score me. Let's, uh, we'll see how I did for last year, 2018, New Year's 2018, heading into 2019. That was uh, the sexier, because we, of course, had the Roadster. And thus, I had said uh, this. 
I, w uh, I won't repeat my Model S will get a full redesign prediction, but I do think it'll get a larger battery pack. The Gigafactory is humming along, and they know they can get a lot of S owners to upgrade because they've done it before with P85D and P100D. So I'm going to give myself half a point out of a, a possible one point on that. So there's a total of five points at stake in this little game I've created for myself. <laughs> five categories, five vehicles that were in it last year, five total points. I'm going to give myself half because we did not get a larger battery pack in the Model S, but we did get significantly more range on the same pack through the Raven update. So I'm going half a point there. If you want to disagree, well, this is just for fun anyway, so feel free to disagree. On to the three, the E in the sexier uh, predictions. Model three, I said, Model 3's actual $35,000 version won't hit until the second half of 2019. Remember, these are predictions I made one year ago, so the end of 2018. Model 3's actual $35,000 version won't hit until the second half of 2019. Based on everything Elon has said on recent interviews and the last earnings call, my hunch is that we'll get a standard battery Model 3 in the first half of the year, maybe even late Q1, but it'll still require the $5,000 premium interior. So I think it'll be a $40,000 base car for a bit. I also think the air suspension option on the Model 3 won't come until the second half of 2019. Well, there was a lot going on in that prediction. I'm going to give myself a quarter of a point. And before you say, well, wait a second, Ryan, you didn't get any of that right. Give me, allow me to explain. Well, I was right about what effectively became the standard range plus when I said a, a, a basically it'll be a $40,000 car for a bit and with the premium interior. Well, that's kind of what the standard range plus ended up being. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give myself a quarter of a point there, but I was certainly wrong about the timing uh, and about the air suspension, which is all but confirmed now a year later to not be happening on the Model 3 anytime in the foreseeable future. Okay, so on to Model X. My, but the score, by the way, if you're keeping track, three quarters of a point so far out of two. That's, that's where we stand. For Model X, I said simply... Model X will be unchanged, save for a larger battery, if indeed the S gets one. Given myself a half a point there, because as we know, the Model X was pretty unchanged cosmetically and performance-wise, but it did get the aforementioned Raven update, which of course was fairly significant in the range and suspension departments. So half a point there. Two more from last year before we move on to 2020. I said, Model Y will be revealed that this isn't a stretch. I even said last year, but here's what I'll say. I think it will not have Falcon wing doors. Now, if, now, now that seems kind of like a dumb thing to have predicted that it would. But if you go way back, I know a lot of you are newer listeners and maybe you, you've, you're more recent in the Tesla community. Way, way back, Elon had actually tweeted at one point that the Y would. He had, he had suggested that it would before he quickly deleted the tweet. So uh, I am going to give myself the full point on that one. Yes, it was low-hanging fruit, but I did predict not only the timing, which was fairly obvious, but I did also get those lack of Falcon wing doors, standard regular old doors on the Model Y. All right, Roadster, the last category. I said last year, we will not see the Roadster again in 2019. This year is going to be all about maintaining consistent profitability, and they won't mess around with the supercar. And I even said at the time, note, 
I want to be wrong about this one. And I wrote that in all caps. Well, I am giving myself the full point there. Nailed that, which again, I wanted to be wrong about that, but I was totally right. So in all, in sum, three and a quarter points out of five. Not bad. That's a passing grade, right? Not bad. Let's see if I can beat that this uh, this coming year. So check. we'll check back in a year's time and see how I did on these predictions. Here now are my 2020 cyber sexier predictions because we have a new vehicle in there starting out, of course, with the Cybertruck. And I will say this, uh, I am not sure that we're going to see or hear much about the Cybertruck in 2020, aside from probably an update or two here and there on the reservation count. I do think Elon and Franz will continue to take it out in public from time to time. It's going to be asked about a lot, and I mean a lot, especially on that Q1 earnings call coming up in either late January or early February. We don't have a date for that just yet. In fact, by next week's show, I might have a date for that because on by on next week's show should hopefully have delivery numbers for the Q for Q4 that's ending right now. But uh, yeah, the, the next earnings call here coming up in about a month or so is going to be the analysts first crack. It's going to be wall street's first chance to ask Elon about the cyber truck and about the sort of business side of it, the financial side of it, which means the reservations. So I think we'll hear about it then, but I think in general, we will not see or hear much about Cybertruck in 2020 because it's going to be the year of the Model Y, which I'll get to momentarily. Okay, S now, Cyber and then S. (laughs) So for the Model S, we know that the Plaid Mode Model S is coming. So I suppose it's best if I try to predict what it can do. Now we already have an idea of its prowess on the racetrack, so let me take a shot here in, my, in, in the spirit of making a prediction at the uh, traditional Tesla metrics, range and performance. With the Cybertruck getting a 500-mile tri-motor option in late 2021, I would have to imagine that the Plaid Mode Model S will get the same in late 2020. So I think a, a minimum 500-mile range for the Plaid Mode Model S, and for the 0-60 to time, I'm going to go with 2.1 seconds. The Roadster has to stay ahead there, and it's going to clock in, at least it's currently slated to clock in at 1.9 seconds, unless, well, stay tuned, we'll get to Roadster in a second, but I think the real big deal with the Plaid S isn't going to be as much the 0-60 to time, because the P100D is already so darn quick, but I think it's going to be more that the Plaid S is a track-capable car with a track mode, and that's going to be the, the, the car that Tesla will sell to performance enthusiasts who want to take their EV out on the track. All right, Model 3 now. So a rumor has been going around, which I, I intentionally didn't cover last week, And it comes from the white hat hacker Green the Only, who I did talk about very recently. Now, Green the Only said that he found mentions of a 100 kilowatt hour battery pack and ludicrous mode in the Model 3 codebase, but he wasn't sure if it was just leftover code from the S. So I'm going to say that I think the Model 3 remains fundamentally unchanged in 2020. That's my prediction, and here's why I am predicting that. 
offering a 400-mile, 100-kilowatt-hour Model 3 would be interesting, certainly. And we know that Tesla is not one to sit still for very long. They are always evolving. However, Tesla remains production-constrained, not demand-constrained. They are selling every single car they can make. They need every last battery cell that they can manufacture at the gigafactories. So to me, it doesn't make sense to offer a 33% larger pack on the high-volume car, particularly when they're going to be spinning up the Model Y this year, which is intended to be an even higher-volume car than the Model 3 is. So I think the Model 3, after moving down in price in 2019 with the Standard Range and the Standard Range Plus and the Model 3 going global to Europe and right-hand drive territories, uh, I think uh, 2020 is going to be the year where Tesla just pumps them out, just gets as many cars out. The car is a home run. I've talked about this before. It doesn't need to be tweaked right now, and it is a vital part of the company's financial backbone. It's just, it's a, it's the car is, it is the, the car that's at the cornerstone of the mission for the company. And again, for the financial health of the company, they need to get as many model threes out the door as they can in 2020. So small tweaks aside, like say the, the dark gray wheels that we just got on the model three performance version, I think the model three is going to be all about volume production and delivery in 2020. Model X now. This is a tough one. We all but know that the Plaid Model X won't be out in 2020. Elon has said that it was going to come after the Plaid Model S, which he has said is due in late 2020. So it's pretty unlikely that we see a Plaid mode family SUV this year. So I'm going to go with this prediction for Model X. And this is just, I'm just going out in left field a little bit here. I think the Model X will get a new Easter egg dance that it can do with its with its automatic doors, front and rear. I think it's going to get a new Easter egg dance sometime in 2020, similar to the Model Xmas mode. That's my goofy prediction for Model X. All right, Model Y. We move to the end of the sexy before we uh, cyber sexy, I should say, for Model Y. This is, as I mentioned a moment ago, the year of the Model Y. We know that there are Founder Series Model Ys that have been promised. So I'm not going to count those in this prediction because those tend to be, they tend to number in the dozens, not even the hundreds. And they're kind of usually distributed quietly amongst Tesla investors and senior management. They are purchased, of course. They're not distributed for free. But anyway... Um, so for Model Y, I'm going to go with a delivery prediction, a production prediction. I think the first customer deliveries will happen in May. I'm going to go with May. Also, I guess I'll go ahead and take a crack at predicting Model Y production overall for 2020. Now, I'm almost certainly going to be wrong on this because you've got two enormous variables in the form of when will production start and how will the production ramp go? But I definitely think that the ramp will go much more quickly than it did with the three, but they are nevertheless still going to have to ramp up. So 
I did a little back of the napkin math, just kind of making some prediction. I'm going to go with 100,000 model Ys in, in the first year, in, in the first calendar year, not first production year, first calendar year. So by the end, by December 31st, 2020, I'll say 100,000 model Ys. And I, I hope I'm wrong on the low side. I hope I've, I hope I've prices righted this thing and bid low <laughs> rather than overbid. And finally, before I move on to the news proper, I know there may be a few of you out there that are saying, just get to the news. I'm having a little fun. For Roadster. Now, last year, you just heard me say, uh, unfortunately, accurately, that I predicted the Roadster would be basically MIA in 2019, and it was. For 2020, I believe the Roadster program will spin back up in a big way in 2020. The Plaid S is the test bed. We know that. You also heard Franz von Holzhausen say on this very podcast that the final production Roadster would exceed the prototype in every way. So here goes for my prediction of the, uh, after, after the, pr- the program spinning back up. Now, I don't think they'll deliver any, but I think they'll, go, they'll get, really get back to work on it so that it can, it can start production and delivery in 2021. The Roadster 0-60, to 60, after Franz saying it's going to be better in the final car than in the prototype, I think they'll, they'll shave another tenth off and they're going to get to 1.8 seconds 0-60 to 60, without the SpaceX package, which, by the way, I think we will hear and perhaps even see more of what the SpaceX package can do in 2020, whether it's a little hover demonstration a little uh, video of it going around the track using the cold gas thrusters to cheat in the corners, etc., etc. I think we will hear about it and maybe even see something from the SpaceX package in 2020. And finally, I think the range is going to hit 700 miles in the final production car. Yes, I said it, 700 miles. I don't think it's going to be out in 2020, but I do think that Tesla, the team will be running the ball towards the end zone for 2021 on that supercar. So there you have it, my predictions for Tesla's lineup of vehicles in 2020. Now, I, I didn't do a, a semi-truck prediction. Forgive me on that one, but it's uh, that one's not a consumer vehicle. So we'll let the, just hope that that truck does, the semi does indeed make it out into the wild and start its deliveries in 2020. But my cyber sexier predictions for 2020. I think this is a fun segment for me every year. I hope it's fun for you to listen to. So we'll see how I did in one year's time. Now, on with the news for the week. As you may have heard, you may have received an email about this, and hopefully by now, by the time you hear this, you've in fact received the update. The 10.2 update, the next major update from Tesla, which is actually 2019.40.50, has arrived, and with it, comes the following. Stardew Valley, a new game. Uh, now, I haven't really spent much time with it yet myself. I'd, ac- I'd actually managed to not play it on Xbox or PlayStation or, or uh, Nintendo Switch. So I'm very excited to do so when I have some idle time in my car, which conveniently enough, I have some starting tomorrow as I'll be heading out and spending some time at Superchargers en route to Arizona. But I did play about the first 15, 20 minutes of it Brought my daughter down to the garage to check it out. She loves it. Uh, I mean, it's it's a it's a game about uh, inheriting a farm from your grandfather, and when you're 
boring tech desk job gets too monotonous and life gets too dreary, your grandfather, via a sealed letter that you're told to open at just the right time, you are invited to come take possession of the family farm and work the farm and get back to nature. So, uh, and and it's you're, so then you're you're it starts and it, it's kind of pixel art graphics, sort of you know like the original Nintendo, or maybe more like Super Nintendo, 16-bit. And it seems really cool. Yeah, you just start tending the farm and you get to know the townsfolk, and it's a super chill game. So it's not a it's not a twitchy adrenaline, you know. There's nothing stressful or or intense about it. It's a very chill, serene game. So, uh, which, you know, Hey, when you're out driving, if you're out on a trip, driving can be stressful even with autopilot. So uh, it seems like a good fit, a nice, relaxing, serene game. Now, if, uh, you want to get some help on getting to know the game or how to play it, some tips, etc., I, I must humbly encourage you to take a look at the IGN wiki, the IGN game help guide, it was worked on by my coworkers, who are uh, not only experts on Stardew Valley, but super fans as well. You can find that at IGN.com slash wikis, which is spelled W-I-K-I-S. IGN.com slash wikis slash Stardew-Valley. So you can check that out. And then one other game thrown in there as well, Backgammon, sort of joining the, uh, the chess complement of board games in there. And by the way, on Stardew Valley, stay tuned to next week's podcast for a little bit more on Stardew Valley. I'll just leave you with that little teaser. Also in this 10.2 update, camp mode. Your car can now maintain airflow, temperature, interior lighting, as well as play music and power devices when camp mode is enabled. So this one has been talked about, including by Elon, for a long time long time now. It's great to see that it's finally here. So, you know, you'll be ready come spring, summertime. If you head out into the national parks, you go camping, you've got this mode ready and waiting for you to make your experience a little bit more pleasurable. Next, Twitch has come to the Tesla theater and Disney plus Elon tweeting this week is not too far behind it, but it's not in there now, but Twitch is there. So if you want to watch uh, speaking of gaming, if you want to watch your favorite streamers in action, you can actually you can watch IGN on there. Uh, Twitch, whenever we do stream, that is, which isn't on a 24-7 basis, but we're out there from time to time. But yes, Twitch is in there. So uh, you'll recall, of course, that this was many one of the many apps that I had mentioned that would be coming to the car. What was that two shows ago? I think I went through the list that, uh, that Green the Only had dug out. So it seems that Twitch is first out of the gate on those. Here's to the rest of them soon, seemingly starting with Disney Plus coming up next, although we don't quite know when. Also, a quick note here, as expected, premium connectivity is now required to use the entertainment apps such as Twitch, Netflix, and YouTube over a cellular connection. Everyone, presumably, everybody can use it on Wi-Fi, but you'll need that premium connectivity subscription to make use of it on your car's built-in cellular signal. The next big item, as that's part of the 10.2 update, Tracks version 0.1, so just the initial release of Tracks TRAX. It is a music creation app. Tesla describing it as such, quote, in addition to creating a visual masterpiece with the Sketchpad app, you can now make audio masterpieces with Tracks. 
So obviously a little bit of tongue-in-cheek sarcasm there because the sketch pad is, uh, you know, you can make fun stuff with it. Masterpieces is, you know, a little, it's in the eye of the beholder, but think of tracks as the audio sampling version, uh, you know, the complement to the Sketchpad app. This next one is unexpected, but really cool. I think this is a smart one. You now have the option to save dash cam clips when you honk the horn. So it's exactly what it says. With this enabled, the car will now automatically save a dash cam clip if you honk the horn. I think this is a great idea so that, you know, if you're in the heat of the moment, somebody's doing something dumb, you don't have to think to manually save the clip yourself if, heaven forbid, hopefully it won't happen, but if something does happen and your mind suddenly goes to stress mode, you know, got to deal with the problem, you'll have that clip saved. You won't have to to consciously think about it. So you can uh, you can enable that if you like. Now the big one, I've been I purposely saved this for last. The big one on in, in this update is a whole lot more voice commands. This is another thing that we've been waiting on for a long long time. Elon had mentioned this quite some time ago and this is awesome. I have had the chance to play around with it a bit here for the last few days. Check out some examples of what this can do. With the climate, you can say, set temperature to 70. You can say, I'm hot, and it will uh, lower the temperature by three degrees and turn on the HVAC. If you say, I'm cold, it will turn on the HVAC daisy. <laughs> Sorry. she. Uh, you never do this during the podcast, puppy. Don't do that. Somebody at the door. Anyway... You can say, I'm, uh, I'm cold or I'm hot, and it will adjust the temperature up or down by three degrees. You can just say, turn on the passenger seat heater. And yes, the rear seats, I did test with my daughter. You can uh, you do that with the rear seats as well. Uh, some examples of vehicle control. You can say, adjust my right mirror, and it'll bring up the, the prompt for that. And you can also say, and this, I think this one is my favorite so far because it makes you feel like a wizard and or like Captain Picard on the Enterprise, you can say, open the glove box, and then the glove box just pops open, and you feel super cool. <laughs> on the navigation side, you can say, let's go to work, and it will auto-nav to uh, the, the, destina- the location that you have your work set to. You can ask it, where are the nearby superchargers? On the media side, you can say, play the Beatles. You can say, search for Ride the Lightning Tesla podcast, although unfortunately... I check that one, you, you do that, and it doesn't bring me up at all. You have to say, just say, search for uh, Tesla podcast, and then it'll you'll see me there on the list. On the communication side, you can say, call John Smith, you know, call whoever. You can say, send a text message to Miranda. Uh, there is, uh, show me the rear camera, as far as other stuff. You can have the, bring up that backup camera. Open autopilot settings. There are a whole bunch of them. Go have fun, check them out, test them out. Uh, if you want to know more, I know the Tesla owners online forums that my friend Trevor Page runs, they're keeping a running list of all the ones that have been verified to work. And also, by the way, as a part of this, this is another major feature. I've had callers call in about this to say this is such a deal breaker for me with my business that I, you know, I don't want to buy a Tesla until this is in there. Well, it's in there now. Voice texts 
The car will read you, it will display text messages that come in, and it will read them to you if you click the right scroll wheel, and you can reply via voice after it's read it to you. It'll, it'll say, click in the right scroll wheel to reply. You can do that. It uses its very solid uh, voice dictation engine, and I've tried it out. It works really, really well. So uh, that is super cool. Now, if you are not having any luck with any voice commands, I have a quick tip. So as soon as I got the update, I went to, tr you know, I load, got the update installed, went to try it, and none of my voice commands were working. Just nothing. I couldn't get anything to work. And so I was on my way to my brother-in-law's house for, for Christmas festivities. And after I got there, I thought, okay, well, I'll just come back out to the car after we've settled in and I'll just do a hard reboot. Because I tried a soft reboot with the car in motion and no luck there. So I'll come back out, try a hard reboot. Well, before I could even get a chance to do that, when I came back out to the car, probably 20 to 30 minutes later after we'd arrived, it worked. So I think the car just needed to seemingly, at least in my case, the car going to sleep and then being woken up, everything was, was fine. And it's been working fine ever since. So uh, if, you, if you have not, by the time you hear this, you'll have probably discovered that solution automatically just by default, by virtue of not being in your car 24-7. But if that tip is of use to you, then I hope, I hope it solves your issue. But bottom line, uh, these voice commands, you know, some of them are really not that much of a shortcut, but some of them really are. And ultimately, I, I mean, I love the climate control stuff. I think that's great. It just, it really makes you feel like, at least it makes me feel like I'm living in the future, that I'm talking to my car and it is responding. I think that's really super cool. Um, so... Give it a try, experiment, have some fun, and I want to say one major thing here. Thank you to the Tesla software team for this lovely holiday treat. It's just fantastic. It's, it's incredible work. We have gotten so much great stuff over the course of this year, from sentry mode to these voice commands to multiple power boosts. It's just been an amazing year. Of, uh, of totally free software updates. Just amazing. So thank you to the Tesla software team. A sincere thank you. I just super appreciate the fact that this car gets not only better, but like a lot better, tangibly, measurably better it, by every, basically every metric. It's just amazing. Finally this week, one last news story. Uh, this comes via Reddit. I want to thank the original poster that put this on Reddit. Uh, they go by the username interestingcrazy6. And then it comes via the German website RP Online, which stands for Rheinische Post. Germany's largest taxi company is moving to replace the fleet with Tesla cars. They've placed 50 Model 3 orders with more to follow. So this comes, uh, this is now, I'm going to read you just a slice here from the Rheinische Post, and this is a Google Translate, so forgive any little oddities that are in this. Norman Taxi Managing Director Errol Norman explains that this is only the beginning. Another 50 electric-powered Model 3 taxis are expected to be added over the next few weeks, an investment that is also advocated 
in politics. Quote, on behalf of the city, I would like to thank Mr. Norman, who is taking the first step here. It is an important step in reducing the CO2 pollution in the city and ensuring that the air is clean. And that quote comes from Environmental Committee Chairman Philip Uh, I'm not quite sure on the last name pronunciation. It's a test of my German, but it's T-A-C-E-R. So is it just Tasser? I'm not entirely sure, but uh, Philip, uh, that is great to see the government getting involved here. So uh, continuing, he wants to change the taxi regulations to build four or five exclusive stopping places for electric taxis, meaning charging locations. These are identified for locations such as Königsala or Toulouseer Ally. I think I butchered that one. My apologies, German friends. Quote, uh, this is from uh, Mr. Norman now, the owner of the fleet. These are, uh, the cars are also much easier to care for. An old car costs us 6,000 euros a year, meaning in maintenance. The expenses are now gone. We also save on fuel costs through cheaper electricity. And then, quote, the car has only been driving since this morning, as of when uh, Rheinische Post put the story up. Uh, but the driver has already received a tip of 15 euros because the customer simply thought it was it was great to drive in an electric car. He, uh, Mr. Norman plans to switch entirely to electric taxis by 2023. So I just love this story. You, you got the business owner, you've got the government, both encouraging and supporting each other for mutually beneficial reasons. Financial, yes. Civic and environmental. Great, great stuff there. Uh, Love that story. And that's everything I've got for you in this holiday week of Tesla news. Still ended up with plenty to talk about. Stick with me, though. I'm not done. I'm going to come right back with your phone calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline right after this. Time for the Ride the Lightning Hotline, your time to shine, your calls, your questions, comments, discussion topics as they pertain to the world of Tesla. You can reach me in one of two easy ways. In either case, please try to keep your call to 90 seconds or less that I can get through as many of them each week as possible. But you can either use your phone's built-in voice recording software, record that call, and then email it to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com, or you can call and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline. That number, toll-free 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. And before I get rolling, a quick note that last month's Patreon-only bonus episode that was all about the Cybertruck, that goes free for anybody on January 1st. If you'd uh, like to listen to it, all you got to do is go over to my Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Podcast, And then the January Patreon episode should be done by the first weekend of January after I get back. I'm going to try and get it done from my parents' house to get it up for you right at the new year, but I'm on vacation with family, no promises. <laughs> if worst case, I'll do it right when I get back to San Francisco. All right, our first caller uh, wants to talk about a particular charging issue. So go ahead, caller, you are on the air. 
Hey Ryan, uh, this is Rufino from Santa Clarita, California. I have actually two uh, questions I wanted to ask you and get your input. One is, uh, when do you think Tesla will be enable a car to be able to car uh, charge from in car to in car charging between Tesla cars, especially uh, I would say the Cybertruck? <laughs> You know, this is really something that I'm hoping that Tesla would have done uh, a while back already where, you know, if, let's say you have a Cybertruck and you have a friend who also have a Cybertruck with a long range uh, tri-motor would be nice for, you know, two of you when you guys are going to a road trip or a you know, national park adventure that you guys can be able to charge each other car. It's just very useful, I, I think. And also, as you may know already, Rivian is actually planning this to the tow cars that or the truck and also the SUV that they're having to be able to do in-car to car charging. So this is something nice, I guess, for Tesla to have in the future. Second is uh, living in California when we have a lot of wildfires uh, every summer now and the grid that we have is not as, you know, updated as should be. When do you think also Tesla will be enable our car this time to you know, power our house when in case of an emergency, we can go ahead and, you know, use uh, maybe a Tesla adapter to plug into our house and then power our house to, you know, use that energy to a lot of essential that we have. Given that we have a big uh, battery in our car, it would be very useful. And also at the same time, it would help a lot of people living in areas that they get blackouts in regards to a lot of this power outage that we're being having now and also maybe in the future will be uh, one of those routine things that's going to happen anyway thanks for taking my question and also i enjoy my wife and i always enjoy your podcast to our commute thanks bye-bye well it sounds like you're basically asking for one thing there on both counts using the car battery to power things besides itself it's been brought up before, absolutely, and I imagine there are massive, massive safety and particularly liability concerns with that, in that even if Tesla could do it, they might not want to, because here's the thing, the problem is, the second that something goes wrong, somebody sues them for their house having an electrical issue or their car having a problem. I mean, believe me, I totally get where you're coming from, don't get me wrong. When my Roadster finally arrives in around two years or so, I'll have about, I did the math, I actually thought about this after listening to your call, I'll have about 288 kilowatt hours of battery power sitting in my garage between Roadster, Model 3, and my Powerwall. So it would make sense to be able to deploy some of that power for other uses in emergency kind of scenarios, but... I just have to think that it would be a liability landmine for Tesla. Maybe I'm wrong, and they'll do it someday, though, because you never know. That's the thing with Tesla. You never know what they're going to do, because they they will always surprise. Uh, thank you very much for your call. Let me go out to Pennsylvania and talk to Neil, who has a feature request for the cars. Neil, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. Neil from Pennsylvania. I have a small feature request that I think would make a big difference for hands-free driving. Most contacts I call have multiple phone numbers. When you use the voice command to call someone, it doesn't recognize the type of phone number you want to call. So if I say, call Ryan McCaffrey Mobile, it brings up a list and I have to select Mobile, Work, or Home from the screen. If Tesla could get the voice assistant to recognize a few of these keywords, Mobile, Home, Work, Office, it would make for a true hands-free calling scenario. 
hopefully that's a simple request and something maybe they'll look into doing. As always, great job with the podcast. I love it and look forward to it every week. Thanks for being a positive and consistent Tesla enthusiast. Have a great week. I couldn't agree with you more, Neil. Siri is able to do this on Apple devices, and while Siri is certainly flawed, it can easily make this distinction. So hopefully Tesla can add it too, especially with all the new voice commands they're rolling out, because you're right, that would not only be a nice quality of life thing in the car, but it even counts as a minor safety issue too, since you don't have to take your hands off the wheel. Michael from Sydney is next and uh, has is looking for some advice on an upcoming trip. Go ahead, Michael. Hey, Ryan. It's Michael here. I'm calling from Sydney, Australia. I love the show. Thanks for all the effort you put in. Your enthusiasm is infectious, so I love it. Uh, I'm calling for your advice on being a Tesla tourist. I'm traveling to LA and San Francisco in late January, and I'd really like to do a few Tesla-related experiences while I'm there. Top of the list is a Fremont factory tour, of course, but unfortunately I'm not a Tesla owner yet, so I don't qualify for entry onto the tour. So my first question is if you know of any other possible way of getting onto a tour. I know Tesla owners can take guests with them, so I was wondering if there was perhaps some website or local Tesla owner club that might offer to take out-of-town visitors along with them on tours. I know it's a long shot, but but worth asking. Um, now, I'm planning on hiring a Tesla for a few days to drive around in. So my second question is for some recommendations of Tesla sites that would be worthwhile checking out, maybe driving by the factory or visiting some notable showrooms or service centers with a bit of Tesla history. It'd be awesome to see some Model S or 3 or Roadster prototypes. I don't know if they're ever on display anywhere. I'll probably drive by Hawthorne and SpaceX for a supercharge and a look around there, hopefully catch a glimpse of some rockets or maybe even the Cybertruck. Man, that'd be wild. Are there any other cool superchargers you'd recommend visiting? I hear you mention Kettleman City frequently, but that one might be too much of a drive for this trip, I think. So thanks again, Ryan. Cheers. Bye. Michael, welcome to the podcast, and I am indeed happy to help you with this. First, with regard to a factory tour, you do indeed have to be an owner to get one, and you get one per year. So if there's anyone in my audience who is planning one in January or is otherwise willing to take Michael, that would probably mean I'd need a Bay Area person, I am intending to use mine on taking my parents when they visit this summer because the schedule just didn't end up quite working out last summer when they were here. So if you can help Michael out, Please reach out to me via email, teslapodcast at gmail.com, and I would be happy to connect you with Michael. Now, as to places that you should go, I think the factory is worth driving over to while you're in the Bay Area, even if you're not able to get a tour. It's super cool to see it from the outside. It's huge, and you can wander over to the superchargers out front. You can see that because they're they're V3 superchargers. There's a little uh, Tesla store there with some merch and a, a car on display. Uh, plus, when you're, while, you, while you're there, I'm sure you would see every color and type of all three production cars. Now, there's also the corporate headquarters in Palo Alto, but totally honestly, there's nothing to see there. <laughs> I've been there. Uh, it's an office building that's a bit off the beaten path. It is right off the 280 freeway, but uh, there's there's just nothing to see. It's It's always completely overrun with employee cars. They actually have a valet, full-time valet, who cycles the cars around all day. That's how full it is. And you can't get in the front door without key card access. 
The only other spot here in the Bay Area that maybe might be cool is the 40-stall parking garage rooftop supercharger that's in Daly City. And I say that because it's just kind of neat to see that many chargers, 40 of them. Now, you mentioned Kettleman City. Kettleman is also 40 stalls, and it's honestly way more interesting. You've got V2s and V3s there, whereas the Daly City one's all urban chargers, the 72-kilowatt chargers. But uh, Kettleman's got the lounge, the, the cool private lounge with the barista and the merch shop and the workspaces. It's, that place is, is really cool. But I uh, totally understand that that might be a bit, a bit out of the way for you, unless, unless you happen to be driving between San Francisco and L.A. while you're here, in which case it could not be more on the way at that point. Now, in L.A., you already mentioned the big one that I was going to say as I was listening to your call the Hawthorne Supercharger. SpaceX is right there, and as you can't possibly miss, there is a Falcon 9 booster rocket on site, kind of on the adjacent corner, but you'll you'll see it. You can walk over, and it's uh, you can't walk right up to it, but you can get pretty darn close just on the street corner there, so that's pretty cool. And then, of course, the design studio, which is where that supercharger is, is where Franz works. And yes, the Cybertruck and Roadster are within the confines of those walls, but sadly, you will not be able to go in and see them. But nevertheless, I hope you have a wonderful trip. Let me go next to Alberto from Saltillo, Mexico, who is ordering his Model 3 and has a question about the performance as stated on the design studio. Go ahead, Alberto. Hi, Ryan. This is Alberto Calderon from Saltillo, Mexico. We love the show. Me and my kids listen to your podcast every weekend. Going to my question, just all order my Model 3 dual motors. And while doing my research, I found out that for Mexico, the 0 to 60 times is 4.6 seconds and for the U.S., 4.4. Do you think uh, Tesla is using different software versions by country? And my second question is, uh, in Mexico, we get around $100 of deduction by buying an electric car. It seems very low. Do you know if uh, Tesla is trying to contact government officials to have greater deductions in Mexico as he did with China? Thanks. Uh, love the show again. Bye. Alberto, welcome to the podcast, and thank you for calling in. So I just went and checked the Tesla website, and I do have good news for you. When you click over to the Mexico site from the USA site, which is obviously what, what I'm doing uh, here, it uses kilometers instead of miles per hour. So the cars are exactly the same, and you will get that 4.4 second 0 to 60. The 4.6 seconds is because it's showing you on the Mexico site 0 to 100 kilometers per hour, and 100 kilometers per hour is 62 miles per hour. So that's the that accounts for the difference there. As for government credits or incentives, you know, I, I honestly don't know how much active effort and lobbying that Tesla itself does with various governments. I mean, it's certainly in their best interest to have as many incentives on electric vehicles as possible. I would suggest trying to connect with other Tesla owners and enthusiasts from Mexico I went and looked, and there's actually a, a section specifically for that on the Tesla Motors Club forums. 
If you go to teslamotorsclub.com slash TMC, that takes you to the message board area. And then you'll if you just scroll down on that page, you'll see the Mexico forum down there. That might be a good place to go to try and organize efforts to reach out to your government. Congratulations on your Model 3 order. Chuck from Brooklyn, Ontario, Canada, is next and has a question about his standard range plus. Go ahead, Chuck. Hey, Ryan. Chuck from Brooklyn, Ontario, Canada calling. I love the podcast, and I appreciate the level of positivity and professionalism that you bring to every episode, so thank you for that. Ryan, I wanted to get your perspective on something. I have a 2019 Model 3 Standard Range Plus that I took delivery of in August. I absolutely love it. It's the best car I've ever owned, and I'm still genuinely excited to drive it every day. Here's the situation. Like most I've heard about, my car has the software-locked rear-heated seats, but it also has the extra immersion speakers and footwell lights equipped. They're just software-locked. I've seen them turn on briefly and then disappear a couple of times, and my service center confirmed that they're there. Until recently, I thought all Standard Range Plus came equipped with these features, but I've been told that there was only a select production time frame from earlier this year that shipped with this equipment, and that current Standard Range Plus models don't have these things built in and don't need the software lock. I guess I have two questions. Have you heard of this before? And secondly, do you think that Tesla would ever offer those of us that have the equipment the opportunity to pay for an upgrade that would unlock the features? Maybe they could call it a Standard Range Plus Plus? Thanks again, Ryan, for everything you do. Keep up the good work. Hey, Chuck. I am thrilled to hear that you're enjoying your Model 3, and I can tell you from my experience that the fun feeling never goes away, and it's not just me. I've heard from people that have had their Teslas for much longer than I have that that feeling never goes away. Now, to answer your question, that's actually the first that I've heard of newer Standard Range Plus cars shipping without the unused hardware. If that is indeed the case, though, it wouldn't surprise me at all, because I would imagine that Tesla figured out that it would be quicker to do a run of cars on the assembly line without those pieces than it would be to not have to alter, I should say cheaper, not quicker, but uh, to do it to do a run of those cars without those pieces than it would be to not have to alter the production line and just include them but disable them. And it certainly seems like Tesla is willing to offer activation on unused hardware per the tweet I mentioned of Elon's on uh, last week's episode about the heated rear seats in the standard range plus cars. I mean, it would make sense to bundle the speakers in with the seats and basically sell you a premium interior package software upgrade. Now, in fact, totally unrelated, obviously, uh, Armando from Mexico City called in and suggested this very thing, saying that he would be willing to pay a reasonable price as a standard range plus owner himself for these very features. So even if Tesla isn't including this hardware in new build standard range plus cars, they could still laser target that upgrade option to people like yourself that they know have the applicable cars. Thanks for calling in. Mike from Massachusetts is next and has a word of caution for anyone considering purchasing the uh, Model 3 dual motor performance boost. Mike, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. This is Mike from Massachusetts. I have a very important update for anybody that has purchased or is considering purchasing the $2,000 uh, power boost upgrade. I purchased it pretty much right away. Spent 2000 point and click. Um, it told me via Confirm as well as on the website that once you are connected to a Wi-Fi and have your vehicle in part, 
you will be able to uh, receive that update. So after 48 hours, I became concerned, and I've been perpetually connected to Wi-Fi and my vehicles often in park because I didn't see anything on my app or my screen, okay? So I called Tesla, and apparently it's because mine firmware is 40.1, and this is only compatible, the boost is only compatible with 40.2. So I'm a little upset, to say the least. So I asked her, when will, I, when will my firmware be updated? And it's indefinite. That was the answer. And then I asked, well, I'm not going to wait a year. You know, and I just lent you $2,000 at 0% interest, basically. So she said, well, it should be about a month. Anyway, I'm just not pleased with that. I think that could have been mentioned, you know, when you actually point and click to buy this, when, you know, you got your confirm or anything. It wasn't told to me, and it's not going to be told to others. So check your firmware, okay, before you spend $2,000, okay? If you have 40.1, you're going to have to wait for 40.2, okay? I love Tesla. I love my car. Don't love this. Thanks, Ryan. Bye-bye. Mike, I totally understand your frustration on this. A few people forwarded me the email that they got from Tesla announcing this last week. And in Tesla's defense, it does say right there in the body of that email, not in small fine print at the bottom, quote, you will receive the update once your car is parked. Connect to Wi-Fi to update sooner. Note, you will need to have software version 2019.40.2 installed for the upgrade to complete, end quote. But in your defense, you might have just logged into your account after hearing about it from a friend or hearing about it online without getting or seeing that email. And I can't see what that looks like because I don't have a car that's eligible for that upgrade. So uh, if they don't, and I have every reason to believe you there, certainly then Tesla should really make it as clear as possible in your Tesla account where the transaction occurs as they make it reasonably clear in the email. And the good news is that you almost certainly won't have to wait a month for the next update. As you know, you heard me talking about earlier in the podcast, uh, the next big update that you know 10.2 has been pushing out everywhere. So hopefully by the time you hear this played back on the podcast, you're already zipping around half a second quicker in your car. Scott from Atlanta, uh, pardon me, Atlanta, that would be, reacting to episode 229, uh, a caller there who was uh, curious about checking out some of the extended Toro features, but without having a Tesla account. Scott, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. My name's Scott, and I'm calling from the Atlanta area. I'm a second-time caller. And I'm calling with a pro tip or a comment about something mentioned on episode 229. Uh, Letting people use your car with Turo or some other service where they want to have access to advanced summon or some of the other features by using the app. I understand people wouldn't want to give their credentials away to log into their account, but actually you can set up secondary access or you can set up a secondary contact in your Tesla account In your personal information, it says give Tesla app access to a secondary contact. Your contact will be able to use the app to lock, unlock your vehicle, trap location, and control other settings. I did this with my daughter. I logged into the account, and she could use advanced summon and all the other features. The good part about this is you can edit that and delete their access to it uh, right in your account. So if you have more than one Tesla, you can uh, give access to individual cars or all the cars or, or remove it. 
Uh, I hope this helps somebody uh, out there in Turo or uh, the Porsche engineers that want to borrow another car and use advanced from them. I love the podcast. Thanks for all you do. Merry Christmas, and thank you. Scott, I hope you had a Merry Christmas as well. And I have to say, this is one of those calls where I'm just going to play it and put it out there for the PSA. I don't have much to add because that is very helpful, Scott. I did not know that. I think that's even better than a pro tip, so I'm playing it right here, right now, as a regular call for all to hear. Thank you very much. Let me go to Will in Boulder, Colorado, responding to the new policy of the premium connectivity subscription. Go ahead, Will. Hey, Ryan. This is Will from Boulder, Colorado. I was just going to make a quick comment about a response uh, regarding the $10 per month premium connectivity and some questions about that. Um, I actually manage a large number of um, in IoT devices, Internet of Things devices. Um, I'm obviously not as big of a player as Tesla is with, you know, hundreds of thousands of online units, but, um, you know, we pay probably anywhere from about 7 to $12 per month for a low bandwidth device, something that would run between like 10 and 20 megabytes a month. And it doesn't scale linearly, like higher bandwidth devices of like a four or five gigabyte per month plan, probably going to run us about 35 to $40 um, at the rates we're paying. So, you know, if someone's using a gigabyte a month and they're spending, you know, paying Tesla like 10 bucks, um, I actually think that's extremely reasonable. And, you know, probably some people are paying or spending a lot more bandwidth than that. Some people may be less, but um, overall, I don't think Tesla's making money on this. I think this is just covering costs, honestly. Again, without having any visibility into what it would be like to have a plan for 600,000 vehicles or whatever, instead of, you know, uh, about a thousand is what I have. So just thought that would be helpful. All right. Love the podcast. This is another one where I just wanted to play it for the public service because I have nothing to add to this. Will, your professional perspective on that is super helpful. Thank you very much for that call and for that real-world example. You make a ton of sense there. Alex from Orlando calling in from a road trip in his Model 3 with an interesting issue of sorts. Go ahead, Alex. Hey, Ryan. It is Alex from Orlando again. Um, this time calling from my Model 3 on a work trip up in Gainesville. I'm currently sitting at the Supercharger um, this morning waiting on the Starbucks to open here on Christmas Eve. Um, I had a quick question for you and wondered if you had maybe seen something about this or, or read something somewhere. So I took delivery of my Model 3 in, on, in September 2019, um, and there was no free supercharging promotions or anything like that going on that I had seen or, or known about on the Model 3s. Um, the last couple of times I've, I've been in a supercharger, it hadn't been um, taking down my, my miles that I had, I had from a referral. Um, so I, look, I went into my Tesla account online and it shows my supercharging status as free supercharging until October 6, 2021. So about two years of free supercharging um, somehow got added to my account, uh, which by the way, I'm not complaining about um, by any means. I'm just curious um, if you had any idea where that may have come from. Uh, always love the show. Thanks for your hard work. Hope you and all the listeners have a great holiday season and a happy new year. Thanks. Bye-bye. Alex, thank you for the kind words and safe travels to you. 
To your question, I confess that I have no idea what might have happened there. I would look at it this way. Think of it like in Monopoly, when you land on the chance uh, space or the community chess space, and sometimes you get the card that says, bank error in your favor, collect $50. This, <laughs> this could have been mistakenly credited to you, although hopefully not at someone else's expense. It could have been an end of Q3 promotion that nobody told you about that was, you know, sort of specific in your region, maybe as a part of a push. It's I think it's just best to not question it and enjoy it. But conversely, also don't get upset if it magically disappears from your account at any point in time as well. Happy New Year to you. And we've got two more calls. Michael from Atlanta, also responding to a caller last week. In fact, rather to my own uh, comment about the error message on Autopilot's B-pillar camera. Michael, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. This is Michael from Atlanta. I was listening to episode 229, and you were talking about the camera error message for the uh, driver's side uh, camera on the 40.2.1 software. I got the same error message, and I think I know what it's from. The um, I got it while I was driving in bright sunlight with bright sunlight shining on the camera on that side. When a truck pulled up beside the car and put the car in the shade, the error message went away. And when traffic moved on and I moved back into the bright sunlight, the error message came back for a little while. So I believe that the newer software added um, the ability for the uh, car to sense when it's being blinded by the bright sunlight. So maybe that's it. Good job, Ryan. Talk to you later. Bye. Well, you might be right, Michael, but when it happened to me, it was a foggy gray day. That's the thing here in the San Francisco area. And so far, that's me knocking on wood, it hasn't come back since, as of recording this at least, hopefully <laughs> hopefully, I don't jinx myself ahead of my big drive tomorrow. I'm also now on a new software version, which I was not on when this happened uh, a week ago. So if it does come back, that will reduce the likelihood that it's a software-related issue, and I probably will need to file a service center request to see about having that ceiling uh, piece, you know, on the on the outside of the B, pill, B pillar there replaced. Thanks for calling in. And let's finish up with Eddie from Phoenix, which is where I'm off to, who did some end of quarter volunteering this past week in Scottsdale. Eddie, go ahead and tell us about it. Hi, Ryan. This is Eddie from Phoenix. I uh, just wanted to call to tell you about my experience volunteering at the end of the quarter at our local uh, delivery center here in Scottsdale. First, I wanted to thank you for turning me on to the idea of uh, being able to do this. Um, I went on uh, on a Sunday from 10 to 2. Um, it was uh, just a really, really amazing experience. It's so much fun to be able to just be available to help people that are joining this awesome community of ours and answer any questions that they may have and make them aware of features of the car that they may not have known uh, were available before. So thank you very much for giving us the idea to do this and safe travels. Hopefully I'll see you around Phoenix. Take care. Bye-bye. 
Eddie, thank you for sharing your experience, and I'm really glad to hear that you enjoyed it. Here's hoping that Tesla tops 100,000 deliveries for Q4, and as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I think we should find out in time for next week's episode. Thanks to everybody who called in, and a special tip of the hat to Mark in Virginia, who called in with some very kind words for me, not to... not, nothing to, to play on the uh, on the podcast, but thank you, Mark. Really appreciate that. But thanks to everybody who takes the time to call in. I so appreciate it. You know, your, your time is valuable. Everybody's busy. So uh, if you are calling in, I super appreciate it. I try to get to as many of you as I can each week. Got the Patreon bonus show to try and get to many, many more people. So if you do want to call in, if something is on your mind that's related to Tesla, give me a ring. I gave you the call-in info at the top of this segment. You can also find it in the uh, the show notes every week as well. All right, stick with me. I'll be right back. A few more final thoughts for you, as well as a pro tip of the week right after this. Well, as I record this, I'm less than 12 hours from when I want to be leaving the house to get on my way towards Arizona. So I'm officially at the point where I'm super stressed out. I I knew I needed to get the podcast done. Uh, I've still got some packing to do. I did get the car clean, at least. And my wife was like, well, why'd you bother cleaning it? Isn't it just going to get dirty on the road? It's like, well, maybe, but... It's just, it's just beside the point. I want to I wanna have a clean car on the drive and try and keep it clean for my family when they see it down in Arizona. So it did feel good to clean the car. It kind of needed it anyway. It's been rainy, and, and uh, so the roads have been dirty and gross here. Felt very, uh, very therapeutic to give the car a nice bath. But Daisy's about ready to go. She's sleeping over there right now. My daughter's super psyched for the trip. Um... We, she got a new Pokemon game for my Nintendo Switch, and uh, I, I, I realized, well, wait a second, I can plug this in to the USB port in the back, and I wonder if it can charge faster than the Switch can drain the battery. So I guess we're going to find out. We'll see what, what capabilities the, the uh, second row USB ports have <laughs> as far as a Nintendo Switch goes. But in any case, just again, fingers crossed that the drive goes well. It'll have already happened for most of you as you hear this. But in any case, looking forward to getting down to the Phoenix area and seeing a lot of friends and family. So before I let you go, let me give you a pro tip of the week. This one is from Somi, who uh, has a... This This is very relevant to my travels tomorrow, and, and I'm playing it here today hoping that it might help some of you if you're still doing a little holiday travel yourself. So Somi, take it away. Hi, Ryan. Um, I have a tip. I, I It's not earth shattering or anything, but it was a really nice find for me. I was at a supercharger uh, recently and I ended up having to get into a, uh, into a waiting line, a queue. And uh, of course, it's great when you have YouTube and, um, and, and uh, Netflix available. And so, I, of course, I turned it on. But uh, when you're in a queue like that, every time a spot opens up, all the cars have to move forward and you have to put your car in drive. And I always thought that I'd have to, you know, manually tap on the screen and then close the window. But if you're in a situation where your car is parked, but you don't have to enter your pin um, to restart it, if you have YouTube or your Netflix or something running, you can just put it in drive and the 
the car will automatically close down your entertainment window and you can go ahead and drive. Now, it doesn't save your spot where you you where you stopped in your YouTube video. I think it will save your spot in Netflix. And so you do have to manually put it back on, but it's nice to not have to close it manually. So I just thought I'd throw that out there just in case anyone was um, taking the time to thinking that they had to close it down manually. Thanks. I like that, Somi. Thank you very much. I confess I hadn't tried that. And, but here's the thing. I'm not sure I would have tried that because I'm the kind of person that just assumes, you know, you've got to follow all the proper protocols and X out of it and, and you know, go out the same way you went in with, with the software. But there you go. I, after I listened to your call, uh, I was sitting in a Target parking lot while my wife ran in to get something. So I thought, okay, well, I'm going to start on, uh, I'm going to fire up Netflix and I wanted to watch the uh, The Witcher, which is based on the books. And uh, there's, if you're a video game player, you might be familiar with the video games. And it's so I thought, oh, let me just start watching this. And sure enough, when she texted to say, uh, "I'm ready, I'm out front, come, please come and get me," I just put it in reverse to go out of the spot. And sure enough, Netflix shut right down. So you have taught me something, Somi. Thank you very much. I appreciate that handy little shortcut. All right, uh, time to get on my way. But first, a few quick plugs for you. Hopefully you will find these useful. First, uh, for my Patreon, if you don't mind. Again, a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of dedication and enthusiasm goes into these podcasts. If you believe I have earned some support uh, besides just listening to it, which is, of course, all I ultimately ask. Love that you listen. But if you do want to help me out and support a little bit more than that, I've got a Patreon all the information you need about what that is and what that support looks like and the different little bonuses you get, you can find it on my Patreon page, which is at patreon.com slash Podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And then uh, what else? We got abstractocean.com. Plenty of good Tesla goodies over there. If you did not get what you were hoping for, maybe from family members, Tesla-wise, over the holidays, Abstract Ocean's probably got you covered, whether it's the tempered glass screen protectors in the Model 3, the Roadster-style T-E-S-L-A lettering for the back of your Model 3, or a, a, a center console wrap if you want to change the look and feel there. You can find all that and more at abstractocean.com. Use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout to get 15% off of your first order. Meanwhile, if you need a one-stop turnkey solution for sentry mode and the dash cam, Pure Tesla has you covered. Go to puretesla.com slash RTL. That is my referral link there. And you can choose from one of two kits, $49 for the 128 gigabyte kit, which is what I have, and $69 if you'd prefer to go with a 256 gigabyte kit. This is, uh, this is basically, the long story short is it's all set up for the constant reading and writing. It's not going to crap out like, a, like, a, like all of our USB drives have been doing because it uses a micro SD instead. So if that is of interest to you, you can find that at puretesla.com slash RTL. Works with Mac, works with PC, comes ready to go out of the box, free shipping in the U.S., and they will ship anywhere anywhere worldwide uh, for, obviously, a modest fee there. Uh, follow me on Twitter, if you like, at DMC underscore Ryan. That's also my handle on Instagram. 
And what else? Ah, Immaculate Reflections. Jeff at Immaculate Reflections continuing to do amazing work. Until he tells me otherwise, I assume he might have one or two more of the crazy, super major discounts on a full-body paint protection film package, so you can contact Immaculate Reflections to find out more about that. The website is irdetailing.com, and there's contact info there. Alternatively, if you're not in the market for the full-body PPF, there's still the $100 off discount for a partial PPF or a $100 off of a ceramic coating package. So, uh, But he does all that and more. Check him out, irdetailing.com. I believe that is finally everything. Ah, except for Jada. Don't want to leave them out. Getjada.com, J-E-D-A. Getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight. That is my referral link there. Would super appreciate if you would use it. And on that website, you will find the Generation 2 wireless charging pad for the Model 3, which I am a big fan of, as well as the Jada USB hub, which adds some USB ports, including USB-C ports, to your Model 3. Fits super flush right in the back, uh, the forwardmost portion, I guess I should say, of the center console, and it's got the cool magnetic dummy door to hide your pure Tesla or other sentry mode you know, USB uh, dash cam kit behind so that if anybody did actually break into your car, heaven forbid, and they were actually smart enough to go lo- looking for the USB drive to steal the uh, recorded evidence, which again, unlikely, but the Jada USB hub is going to make it that much more difficult for them to do that. All right. It's time to go. I got to get ready to to head on this road trip. If you do not already subscribe to the podcast, please do so. It's for your own convenience. It doesn't cost you anything. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify. Uh, I've got this the just the feed on YouTube. There's no video, but you can subscribe on my YouTube channel. All that stuff is uh, are great convenient ways for the show to get pushed out to you each time there is a new episode, which of course is every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. Finally, I want to thank the Patreon producers, these wonderful folks supporting me at the producer tier, which in addition to some other perks gets them a shout out and a thank you on each week's episode. And so thank you goes out to Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassioppo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Michael Lester, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Joe Edgel, Tim Hyde, Lars Hoffman, Lawton from Chicago, Peter Chalet, Rome Strack, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Jerry and Mary Smith, Brian Hope, Bill Royko, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dory and Steve Guberman, Michael Waddle, Daniel Grummer, Jeremy, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Jeremy Harris, Rob Brewer, Ron Lee, Chris Konesnik, John Cody, Matthew Wright, Aaron Appleby, Charlie Gillespie, Kaz Barnes, Neil Weaver, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peak, Scott Gillis, Will Stedman, Evie Tricity UK, Stig Mickey Jensen, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, Richard Folkers, 
Matt Kalen and Trenton from Myrtle Beach. I sincerely thank each and every one of you. Hopefully that list will grow as, uh, as 2020 rolls on. All right. I am toast. I got to get to bed, <laughs> hopefully get some sleep and get on the road. But uh, I just want to take a quick moment to say Happy New Year to all of you. It has been a tremendous year for me with this podcast. It's inter- I interviewed two you know, top Tesla executives, not only in one calendar year, but in the span of like five months. I mean, I, I never... I mean, it's just crazy how it's it's happened, and you know, I'm so grateful for the opportunities, and I'm so grateful for everybody who's listened. And 2020 is going to be so much fun for all of us, as I've been saying on recent shows. The launch of the Model Y, which I know so many of you are waiting for. Hopefully, the launch of the Tesla Semi, which probably none of you are waiting for delivery on, but it's nevertheless going to be great to see them out on the road and see how it affects the trucking industry and see if it starts to have, you know, a significant impact over time. And, uh, and then, yeah, just model three continuing to go global, the construction of Gigafactory four, the ramping of production at Gigafactory three in Shanghai. Uh, it's just going to be such a fun year to, to own a Tesla, to follow along with Tesla to cover Tesla on, on my side. And yeah, so I just hope all of you have a safe, healthy, and happy new year. And I will see you in 2020 in one week's time. Happy electric motoring. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.